everyone, welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. I hope you enjoyed the two episodes that came out last week. I thought they were both super fun. And I am so excited for you all to hear this week's episode because we have horror writer and podcaster Joey Powell on the show. He's from Raleigh, North Carolina, and recently published his own sci-fi YA novel called Nightmares from the Grey. We talk about why he loves slashers, how his tastes have changed since becoming a father, and how he'd love to throw a horror book event in Raleigh sometime. So if you're in the area and would be interested, make sure to hit him up. We also talked a lot about Adam Wingard and the Purge movies. Lastly, if you want to join the community over on Patreon, you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes, and for only $3 a month, you'll get access to early episodes, stickers, a monthly newsletter, and more. As always, please take a second to rate and review us wherever you listen, and let's get into my conversation with Joey Powell. Hey, Joey, how are you? I'm super good, Allison. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Happy Sunday morning. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Oh my gosh. Sure. I was I was 100% anticipating this question. So I am Joey Powell, first and foremost. I'm a dad and a husband and also work full-time at a international technology company. But besides that boring stuff, I'm the owner and operator of Maddox Media, an independent publisher of genre fiction, including one of my own titles. So we have three titles that are being published in 2024. So that's very exciting. And I also run the Creatives Getting Coffee podcast, where I highlight independent and small press genre fiction authors mostly but you know there's some poets some uh, booksellers and yeah it's it's really fun awesome you do a ton that's so impressive do you want to well, start I'm glad, I'm glad you think so I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan of yours oh thanks so first things first what's your favorite scary movie oh my gosh so you know having listened to a lot of episodes people call out the classics you know the exorcist and halloween and whatnot and i love all of those but my favorite, if I if I absolutely had to pick one, it would probably be Your Next, the Adam okay. Wingard film, which the reason I picked that is because it's a it's a very sort of like a formative film for me at a very uh, vulnerable time in my life. So I, I just graduated college and um, I was in film school. So my twin and I, my my brother is still a filmmaker. I act in a lot of his stuff. We were always bouncing around ideas about like how to make movies, right? Because we were broke. We were we were trying to find work and painting houses. And I was like digging in crawl spaces and scraping up dead animals. Very weird time in my life. But you know, after a payday doing all that stuff, we went to see your next at at a cinema at like 10 p.m. Right. Because that we we had just had a really long day of work. I'm like, let's go see this movie. And it's it's awesome. It's an incredible, incredible movie. And the fact that I believe it was made for under a million dollars and it's it's as well put together as it is. It's got I think Adam Wingard personally is a better action director than he is a, a horror filmmaker. And I think the one two punch of Your Next and The Guest is just it's it's phenomenal. I love those two movies so much. And Your Next is one that 
it's one where I, I really noticed like, okay, you can, you can have a big impact with, you know, a relatively self-contained movie for a, a pretty small budget. So yeah, absolutely love it. Oh, I love your next. It's such an underrated movie. I feel like people don't often talk about it. So I know it, it well, it got it got a it got a pretty big distribution for a movie yeah. of its size and and not a lot of people saw it. And it's a shame because we we could have gotten some sequels and you know, Sharni Vincent as Aaron, that is yeah. that is my final girl, like a hundred percent. Because that was also a time when there was a lot of, you know, online discourse about the the powerful female character, right? Where a lot of people were like, oh you want to have a powerful female character the only way hollywood knows how to do this is to have them kick butt and do roundhouse kicks and stuff which i mean i i love seeing that stuff but here was someone where it's like okay i know i'm overpowered but i'm also smarter than these punks and masks right instead of roundhouse kicking them i'm gonna punch them in the throat and run away and i, I thought it was great how how all of that was staged Oh my god, I know. I love Aaron. Um, I've yeah, I always tell people who have not seen it to go see it. And yeah, if I was being attacked, I would definitely punch a dude in the throat. Yes, so. or or jump out a window, which is <laughs> also a really good scene. I would probably not do that because I would not know how to survive the fall. I'm not a cat and I'm not a survivalist trained, but yeah. Adam Wingard, didn't he do the twenty sixteen Blair Witch? He did. Yes. Yeah. I love I love that one too. Yeah, it was. I, I'm I'm a huge found footage fan. So yeah, me too. I, I mean, it, I was. I think I saw that like opening weekend because I was like, oh, it's it's one of my favorite filmmakers doing a found mm -hmm. footage movie, and yeah, it was great. How did you first fall in love with the horror genre? So funny enough, when I was, I want to say in high school, my aunt for my birthday got me one of those. You remember how Blockbuster used to do like these monthly deals where you could kind of like swap out unlimited rentals for like a monthly fee and so I could get two DVDs at a time and I was around an age where I was like I think I could get away with with watching some of these like R-rated movies right maybe they'll just let me rent these and so I started watching it was a weird time for horror right because that was around when you had like Miramax and Dimension Films putting out you know like the Scream movies and there was you know the Faculty and some of the the later Halloween movies where they're not great but they're fun you know there are a lot of like very poppy like MTV style horror movies during that time and I just I just had a great time being scared you know so I came on board to it a little late in life but I think as I've continued to you know, mature, so to speak. I mean, some people would call me not that mature. I, I just I just love that there's a, a culture around horror that it's a little it's it's a little it's a little freaky, you know, like it's not it's not super buttoned up. Like you don't have to be super serious. And it it's it really is a, a nice vessel for exploring some very very important things themes you know whether that be like mental health or political themes. And uh, I think a, a lot of the best movies we've gotten over the past 10 20 years have been horror movies so yeah i wanted to be a part of that system for sure i would i would agree i don't even know if i've seen that many movies that aren't horror movies i have but like right? yeah. i don't know yeah <laughs> speaking of political horror movies i was watching the first purge not the first oh. purge like the not the first one in the series but the one called the first purge the first about, purge yeah which is actually yeah. my favorite oh yeah no i really like it i especially love the ending how just guys yeah, from the block to overtake the mercenaries. Sorry, spoiler. I know. 
Yeah, it's it's great. What I love about the Purge movies too is that they're sold as horror movies, but but they're action movies. Like there's yeah. some good action in those movies, and there's a lot of like underdog rising up against you know like an authoritative government and whatnot. And I'm what I love about it too is that. The best satire, I think, is super heavy handed. Like there's nothing subtle about those movies, you know, and I think I think they're great. Yeah. And the more the more of them that they make, the more I'm like, this is too close to real life. I know. <laughs> exactly. Like, what's the next one going to be? There is going to be another one. So, I, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am, too. Before the first purge, not the first purge, the forever purge came out in 2021. My friend and I were like, let's rewatch all four in one day. We got the three of them. And then we're like, we feel terrible. We have to leave the <laughs> other one for another day. But yeah. yeah, they do. The The villains are definitely they're more cartoonish than they need to be. But, you know, I, I like that about it. It seems like there seems to be an escalation with those movies where the first one's really self-contained and pretty serious and then yeah. they just they just get wackier and wackier, you know, and uh, I, you know, I, I appreciate that. Oh, I love it. So why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? It's it's a good question, because when I'm out and about, I mean, I, I live in like suburban America with a lot of people who I mean, a lot of people don't even watch a lot of movies. Right. So a lot of people who don't read like I read a lot of horror fiction and people are like, if I'm going to read, it's it's going to be cozy. You know, <laughs> uh, why do I think people who are perfectly sane enjoy horror? Again, I think there's there's an aspect to it where there I think people enjoy feeling or at least seeing dangerous situations play out in a way where they know there's going to be a stop to it. I think there is some some catharsis in that. I think you see, especially with the the true crime genre and true crime podcasts, you know, that's very popular with a very specific demographic, you know, and that's because that demographic, they can 100% see themselves in um, the victims. And it's almost like it's almost like an educational experience for them. It's like, how would I get out of this situation? And I think for me, when I'm watching horror, there there is a there is a fun to it but there also is an excitement to seeing like how's a character going to get out to the out of this and you know it might be no surprise that i don't actually like really really dark horror movies where all of the characters don't make it out alive i like for there to at least be one character that that makes it out so that's why i tend to be drawn to gosh the works of well the scream movies i really enjoy because people do make it out and and there is a lightness to those movies, right? So yeah, yeah I, I I think I I hope people that are sane enjoy enjoy <laughs> horror. And if that's not the case, then I'm you know maybe I'm I'm clinically insane, and that's okay with me. <laughs> what are your favorite horror books that you've read recently? Um, oh, that's a it's a really interesting question too because I, I read a lot of books for the podcast. Um, and oh, you know, it's it's funny actually. So. You had Brian McCauley on the podcast and I listened to that episode and he's awesome. I don't know him personally, but on that podcast, he mentioned that he was reading Angela Sylvain's Frostbite and I love Frostbite. I had Angela Sylvain on my podcast and she said that she had read Candy Cane Kills and recommended that. So it's it's just the, this this tight knit writing community is it's it's just so much fun. But yeah, Frostbite is great. I've read uh, a short story collection from Patrick Barb called Pre-Proof for Haunting, which is awesome. It does a lot of it plays a lot with genre tropes and twisting them around. And oh gosh, as far as 
other books. Mm. Camp Damascus was probably one of my favorites from last year. That was written written by uh, Chuck Tingle, who who became really famous online for writing books about like getting pounded in the butt with stuff. Like I don't know if you're <laughs> you're familiar with him, but he writes some very it's hilarious title work for for books that very very short books and. Um, he's he actually won a, a Hugo Award. It's a really really interesting story. So, and definitely look into that. But Camp Damascus is this really cool little thriller about a gay conversion therapy camp and someone who was brainwashed and forgot that she was ever at this camp. And then like she starts getting haunted by demons, and you learn how like the demons are related to the conversion therapy camp. And I mean, anytime you can completely smear conversion therapy like great i'm in i'll love it no matter what but i thought it was really well handled so it was awesome oh that's really interesting i don't actually read that much horror that many horror novels i read nat cassidy's book last year and brian's new book yeah. but yeah a lot of it's just too like i'll just think of the worst thing i can possibly think of because i can't because they don't show you anything so. yeah <laughs> yeah well that's that's uh, that can be the fun of reading right i know there's a huge community for extreme horror out there and like splatterpunk and stuff. And I'm, you know, that's, that's, that's not my bag. Like if anybody who likes that, I don't shame them at all. But, um, and, and again, I think for those people, there is kind of a catharsis and reading about really disturbing things happening and knowing that it just takes place on the page. So yeah. Yeah. Totally. I also read Rachel Harrison's Black Sheep, which was really good. Oh, I'm a big fan of Rachel Harrison. Yeah, I, I, I love her writing. I think she's around the same age as me. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of the stuff she writes about is really relatable. Yeah, um, it, it really it surprised me. I wasn't familiar with her stuff before, but it was I went to a book event that her and Nat Cassidy and mm -hmm. Clay Chapman and a bunch of other people were at. So I got all of their books. So now I have to make my way through them. Man, that, yeah. so lucky. I, I wish <laughs> I was at that event. You know, here in Raleigh, North Carolina, really North Carolina in general, we don't have like a huge writing community, especially for genre writers. So mm -hmm. if I did want to go to a big book event like that, I would have to fly out somewhere, which I'm totally not opposed to, but I do hate flying. So, hey, you know, we'll see. Uh, you have to face your fears one way or another. Oh, I'm not afraid of it. I just get oh. really bored. <laughs> oh, OK. You could just organize your own event. So. Well, hey, you know, anything's possible. I actually, I know someone who, so I had a short film that screened at a film festival in Austin and I met a filmmaker there who, you know, we, you know, we got to talking. He's actually also a rapper, weirdly <laughs> enough, and he lives in North Carolina and within a, a year's time, he put together his own film festival and uh, in, invited my brother and I to it because we just did another short film. And I'm like, okay, so one guy can just go like, all right, I'm. I'm making a film festival. So yeah. I'm thinking in my head, like, maybe it's not too far out of the realm of possibility to create like a big book event. It's definitely something I've looked into. Yeah. The worst you can do is it just it doesn't go on. Doesn't matter. Exactly. You know, <laughs> is your is your twin brother a horror fan, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big time. He probably watches. Actually, I know he watches more horror than I do because <laughs> he doesn't have a um significant other at the moment and does not have a child so my my movie viewing has kind of like just plummeted <laughs> since <Yeah. laughs> since having a, a baby but you know I, you know I I still watch what I can but he recommends a lot of stuff to me that I just can't get through we were actually watching suitable flesh last night oh, nice. I know you had the the screenwriter on, on the mm -hmm. podcast so yep. yeah that was really mm -hmm. fun yeah it's an interesting movie is your wife a horror fan 
She is. She is. But she's very particular. She 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 doesn't like stuff with a lot of gore. She likes haunted house stuff and she does like slashers. But the so like the A24 style, like very contemplative, kind of slower paced horror. She she's not really a fan of. So I can't I can't watch too much of like a, a brainy kind of like psychological horror movie with her. It has to has to move. Like if someone doesn't die in the first 10 minutes, it's probably not going to make the cut. <laughs> well, speaking of someone dying in the first 10 minutes, what scares you today in horror movies? Oh, I was I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> what scares me today in horror movies? Oh, man. So the child endangerment is really difficult for <laughs> me to watch. So I watched Skinamarink when I think my baby was about six months old at the time. And that that movie is like a, a new parent's worst nightmare because my worst nightmare actually is somehow my child being abandoned somewhere and not having access to me or, you know, my wife. And I mean, like, what what would he do? You know, and that is absolute nightmare fuel. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really tough for me to watch anything involving a child either, you know, in in some kind of peril yeah that that scares me on a pretty personal level yeah I, I hear that a lot from people who are parents so that's understandable yeah what's your favorite subgenre in horror oh good question if slasher counts i would definitely go with slasher yeah right. i enjoy i enjoy slasher movies quite a bit and i enjoy slashers where the characters fight back which is why i like the the scream movies quite a bit i actually think since the radio silence guys took over because they even did Ready or Not. And that was a good movie where you have a, a female character that that fights back. I think they do a really good job of the characters aren't always super intelligent in what they do. And yes, they get stabbed too many times and they survive like, OK, you know, where it's it's science fiction at that point. But there there is a certain intelligence to how the characters make it out of those movies and i enjoy that and uh, yeah I, I i don't like seeing dumb characters like trip over stuff and i think you know the newer halloween movies kind of fall into that trap a little bit i enjoy them in uh in certain ways some of them more than others but i feel like the characters just you know they a lot of times in these slasher movies it's just a punk in a mask you know punch him in the throat and run away <laughs> So do you not like when people like remake or reboot a horror movie and try to give the the the, you know, face or shape or whatever a backstory? I mean, I think it's I'm usually OK with it, but I do think I do think a lot of times it's misguided because the things that make those characters scary are the fact that we know so little about them. You know, Michael Myers is one where. Rob Zombie's remake it's like we we didn't have to see a lot of stuff from from Michael's childhood you know that was kind of like he he murders his sister and then he sits in a penitentiary for you know 20 years like that that's that's as much backstory as you need what's his motivation we don't know and that's kind of what's scary about it right <laughs> Yeah. Which is what I think was really interesting about the 2018 Halloween. It's like, okay, this guy is just a force of pure evil. And I think there's a lot to play with there. The Halloween movies in general are kind of weird because they go off in all these tangents about like, okay, maybe Michael has been imbued with some power from like a cult, you know? And I think sometimes it's okay just to take a franchise and, and take it in a new direction instead of going backwards. You know, I know this isn't horror, but the Fast and the Furious franchise is uh, really, really irksome about doing that. <laughs> like, guys, let's just create new stories and stop like inventing 
you know, brothers and cousins and whatnot for for uh for all of these stories. I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. Um, but that's like <laughs> right, that's like all the retconning that they did in all the Saw movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all the Saw movies basically take place at the same time. And it's like, uh, on one hand, you got you gotta give it up. Like, hey, it's crazy that you guys are able to weave all this together but at the same time like you know it, we can we can do another story with this franchise you don't have to have the same characters <laughs> what would you say is your least favorite subgenre in horror oh good question i don't i don't love grief as a metaphor and i can't think of a, a specific move oh okay so Everybody, a lot of people loved Midsommar and Midsommar to me was it was a little too much grief and it was just so, so dark and so depressing. And I don't really like to I'm a generally happy person. And since I don't have a lot of time on my hands to watch movies now, I like to watch a movie that isn't just full of despair. So, you know, there's a lot of grief horror in movies and in, in fiction right now. And some of it I, I do like, but a lot of the time I, I just I just don't want to just don't want to feel sad, you know, and, <laughs> and that's just me. That's understandable. Do you have any favorite horror directors? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Adam Wingard is is one. Uh, I wish he would go back to horror at some point, but I do like his uh, his Godzilla versus Kong movie. So hey, I mean, get the bag. I'm all about it. I'm a huge fan of Karen Kusama, and a lot of people might think that's kind of like a weird pick, but because she hasn't done a lot of movies, right? So Jennifer's Body, absolute classic. The Invitation, awesome. But you see her name pop up a lot in some of the best TV shows that we're getting right now. So she's she's done some work on Yellow Jackets, which I think is it's probably the best horror-adjacent TV we're getting right now. She did some work on The Consultant, if I remember correctly, The Outsider, the Stephen King adaptation. So yeah, I really love what she's doing. Christopher Landon, is another one he's a guy who he loves to twist around horror genre tropes and i think he's he's kind of setting like a really fun trend for that too you you also had the it's a wonderful knife guys on the on the podcast and i think what what they've done with that movie is very much in the same vein of you know happy death day and uh freaky and the movies that christopher landon has done so yeah he's a favorite too yeah i love happy death day so much i remember seeing that going to see that in the theater and expecting nothing and then I was like, my friend and I were like, oh, my God, that was so good. It's uh, it's so much fun. All, all of his movies, at the very least, if you don't love them, you're going to get a good time out of it. You know, yeah. so I love his stuff. So as you said before, you're a writer and you you're the owner of a publishing company. Can you tell me a little bit about your book, Nightmares from the Gray? Oh, sure. Thank you for asking, by the way. <laughs> so the short version is that it's about a group of kids that try to stop a magical killer cult from summoning a demon. The longer version is that it's about uh, a 16-year-old named Ronnie Hendricks who he struggles with anxiety, doesn't really fit in. And in an attempt to fit in, he does this, this prank where he has to climb up the water tower of his hometown of Noel Pines. He ends up slipping and falling and suffering what should be a life-ending uh, fall. But he slips into a coma and has this vision of his hometown in flames with this giant axe at the center of it. And he wakes up filled with rage um, by from the bullies that he holds responsible for his accident and also fueled by the vision of the axe. So starts writing in a notebook detailing the ritualistic deaths of the bullies that he holds responsible. 
And in that notebook, he sees their deaths as leading up to this ritualistic summoning of a demon he invented called Carnalax, which is this massive goat-headed demon who can wield the axe from his dream, right? So he returns to school shortly thereafter the book is stolen. Shortly thereafter that, one of the bullies is found dead in the same manner described in the book. So he he enlists the help of his misfit group of friends to stop them from killing any more people and ends up uncovering some dark secrets about his history that he didn't know about before and his connection to the underworld and a magical race of beings. And yeah, it's it was a lot of fun to write. A, a lot of people have enjoyed it just from, from arc reviews and whatnot, and it comes out... By the time this comes out, it will already be out. But from the time we're recording, it'll come out in two days on uh, January 9th. Oh, that's so exciting. And oh, my God, writers are so creative that, that I would never have thought of a plot like that in my head. I I always say I'm like the least creative person who wishes they were more creative because like I would I would be like, it's a girl. She has powers and she does stuff <laughs> like I would. Like, I have nothing else but that, but that's so cool. Um, oh, well, hey, th thank you for saying that. And I I, dis I disagree that you are not creative. I can guarantee you, you have at least one story in you. I was trying to write a memoir once, but I don't I don't think anyone would read it because it would be not depressing, but it would just be like dating in New York City and like nobody needs to read about that anymore. I think everybody needs to read about dating in New York. It, it is a different scene in New York City. I think a lot of people would find some enjoyment in it. Yeah, my working title was I should probably be dead because just <laughs> bad decisions made in my 20s. But, you know, I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's super interesting. I can't wait to read it. So that's Nightmares from the Gray. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And that's awesome. Thank you. You also host a podcast called Creatives Getting Coffee, which you mentioned before. Can you tell yeah. everyone how you came up with the idea for it? It kind of started when I wanted to. I decided I wanted to kick off sort of a, a publishing career and before that, I was kind of hanging out in the background, like doing submissions, querying agents. And when I decided to go at it on my own, I was like, oh, I can actually do this. I wanted to develop uh, a writing community because I, I really didn't know a lot of writers. And there aren't uh, a lot of writers in North Carolina that I can connect with. So I'm like, OK, why don't I put out an open call and just tell people like, hey, if you want to come on my podcast and talk about your work, like, Let's let's do it, you know, and a lot of people responded really positively. And I'm at a point now where I'm I'm booked until like the end of March. Like people just love talking about their work. And not only are I, I've I've invited a few people, a lot of, a lot of them ask me to be on my podcast, which is so flattering. Uh, and a lot of authors I admire, too. Angela Sylvain was one, as a matter of fact, who when she was like, hey, I'd like to be on the podcast. I, I responded like, you you know who I am and you know who you are, right? <laughs> you want to be on my podcast. So that was pretty flattering. We've had a, a lot of really other interesting guests on too. But yeah, it started out as a way to develop sort of a, a community. I just, you know, want to be friends with really cool writers, right? But um, it's, it's grown into something that I really didn't expect. Like a, a lot of people really enjoy it. My my father-in-law, who has absolutely no interest in horror or really he doesn't read because he doesn't have a, much of an attention span, he's listened to the episodes and he really loves hearing people just talk about being creative and how they come up 
up with ideas and their writing routine. We've had some people on that have talked about very personal things. Like there was a an autistic writer called Burke, Bert Lechner, who put out a, a short story collection of cosmic horror short stories, who spent a lot of time talking about um, his history with autism and how that informs his writing process. And it actually made me a little emotional. And yeah, a lot of the guests have have been uh, really wonderful and I couldn't be more excited. So I'm having a blast doing it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I liked, I started my podcast because I just like talking to people about horror movies. So and yeah, mm -hmm. if you go on Twitter. There are a lot of people who just want to come and talk about horror movies. So yeah, well, well how, how does it work with you? Do you have people reach out to you very often or do you ask them to be on your podcast? Is it an even split? It's an even split, I would say. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Very yeah. good. You've had some awesome guests. I mean, I, so when when I knew I was going to be on this podcast, which, by the way, I had to reach out to you and go like, hey, I, is this actually happening? Because because, again, I'm me and you're you. Right. Um, I was telling my wife about it and she was like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, no, you don't understand. She's had on the director of The Boy. And she was like, what? I was like, yes, The Boy. She was like, my favorite movie, The Boy. I'm like, yes, that guy. <laughs> Oh my God, that's her favorite movie? It is. No, I kid you not. She loves the boy. We watch it at least once a year. She loves it. Oh my goodness. Those movies. Yeah, those are iconic. I love them. In indeed. And hey, <laughs> killer dolls, you know, it, it doesn't get much better than that. But is it a killer doll? Well, in, in the second one, yes. <laughs> the yeah. second one is wacky, but, but the first one, no, you're right. My favorite William Brent Bell movie is The Orphan First Kill. So, oh, it's oh, it's so good. It's so good. And actually, like a really interesting feat in just filmmaking in general. Yeah. Like it, when you look at the behind the scenes stills from from that movie, it's like it is nuts. Like people are wearing platform shoes and whatnot. Yeah. It's so cool how they did it. And I mean, that's that's the joy of filmmaking, you know, seeing all that behind the scenes stuff. Totally. Are there any authors that you've published that you want to shout out? So I I will shout out one that is is going to be published in October of this year. So we haven't published anything just yet, by the way. The first publication okay. is going to be my book that's coming out in January. But there's going to be an anthology where we actually have some some very cool authors attached to that. But in October, there's going to be a book called Hiding Lies, which is a serial killer sort of police procedural thriller with a lot of really interesting twists on sort of the procedural genre. But that is from an author called Stephanie Rose. It's a debut author, and that's a pin name. And she runs a very successful online independent bookstore called Books Around the Corner. She's on Instagram as at Spooky Bookshop. So a lot of people in the community already know about her and a lot of authors really appreciate what she does for, for their books. And I'm really, really excited for uh, people to see what she's put together because it's it's dark and it's twisted. And I think people are going to enjoy it in very, very different ways. So it's definitely not like a YA paranormal fantasy thriller like, like what I wrote. It's going to be very, very different. Oh, awesome. Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? I draw the line of Terrifier. Terrifier, okay. Terrifier 2. Can't, mm -mm, can't do it. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard about some of the content in those movies and I'm like, ah, you know, I, I know a lot of people love it for the practical effects and the gore effects and whatnot. It's just it's 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 tough for me to sit through because yeah. I don't love I, I can't do torture. 
especially extremely well acted torture. It's just a little too real for me. But I had a I had a boss at my full time job who said she went with her boyfriend to see Terrifier 2. She knew nothing about it. She was like, hey, we're going to do something special. I'm going to go see a movie with you. You can pick it out, whatever you want. We'll go see it. And he's like, are you sure about this? And she was like, yeah, no, no, no. I, hey, I'm down. So we took her to see Terrifier 2. And she said she came out like, we need couples therapy immediately. <laughs> Oh my God. I have never seen either of those. I might force myself to watch them. I don't know. I'm not just, really sure. just to, maybe just to be a part of the conversation. Like, uh, yeah, you know. that, that is the only reason why. So, and I feel like I can take a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What's in the news recently. I, I've read some articles about things that are going on in the world and I'm like, I think that's worse than anything they could put in tower fire. Yeah. And, you know, again, there is a lot of like catharsis and watching that kind of stuff for some people. But for me, it's just too close. To, it's too close to reality. You know, I can't like, the, you know, this stuff is happening. So ugh, can't do it. <laughs> Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Oh, mm, good question. I'm going to have to think about this. Ooh, let's come back to that. I'm going to I'm going to keep that on the noggin. Let's come back okay. to it. <laughs> well, no, your your ex-boss's terrifier story reminds me of when my friend and I were like, let's watch a horror movie. And we're like, we'll put on the remake of Last House on the Left and knew nothing about it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, maybe maybe we should have read something. All right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, so so this isn't my experience, but I'll talk about my uh, twin taking his girlfriend at the time to see what was that? David. David Eggers movie of the lighthouse, which not, not a date movie. Okay. Mm -hmm, yeah. I, I don't know what he was thinking, <laughs> but I kind of know my, my wife's limits when it comes to going to see movies. I think color out of space was probably the weirdest one I took her to and she ended up loving it. And I was like, okay, great. You know, it's, it's, it's a good thing we're married, but uh, it's he... Rob, it's Robert Eggers, not David Eggers. I think they're brothers. Oh, oh, my bad. Okay, yes. Thank you. Thank you for catching me on that. Because I would have done the same thing. But <laughs> the lighthouse, he said she wanted to get up in. I, I actually think they they ended up leaving the theater. And she was like, yeah, I don't I don't know about this, Josh. So like, what the relationship? Like, yeah, I don't know about this. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my, my some of my friends were trying to tell my boyfriend that he should watch the lighthouse earlier this week, while we were in line for a screening. I was like, you have fun with that. I'm not going to watch that again. Yeah, it, do it doesn't really seem like something that's up my alley. But, you know, hey, more than anything else, I want people to like things. So yeah. if you if you like it, go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to like it. Totally. Um, I am not really a Robert Eggers fan. I've never really like totally liked anything that he's done. But I'm I'm hoping that will change with Nosferatu. This yeah, year. same. But same. who knows? Who knows? I saw I saw the original one last halloween in a cathedral on halloween mm. weekend which was fun you know it's boring but yeah it's, but it's it's it so fun. it's so much fun to watch you know yeah. i mean going back and watching those old movies especially <laughs> with like the gosh the big like the title cards where yeah. was before they could record sound <laughs> there's just, there's such a charm to it all the acting is so theatrical and over the top it's great <laughs> what was your favorite horror movie that you saw in 2023 Definitely talk to me. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed talk to me because like we've seen so many possession movies, you know, and when you ask me what subgenres don't I like, exorcism would probably be up there because I feel like we got the exorcist. It was great. It's one of the best 
movies period ever made not just horror movies and everyone's just doing the same thing since then <laughs> you know i mean a, a a girl in a nightgown writhing on a bed can only be done so many times before it gets old right but yeah that was a movie where it's like oh what if what if we mix social media with possession horror and it was it was so cool so yeah <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it awesome what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in 2024 Oh, well, if you, you know, if you asked me a few months ago, I would have said the new Scream movie, but I don't even know <laughs> if that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't think point. it's going to happen. So I, oh gosh, I am, I'm actually not sure. You know what? Why don't, why don't you name me some of your most anticipated and I will, I will check that box if that's one of mine. So I'm really looking forward to Imaginary, which is coming out in March. I think it's Ooh, about okay. the little girl, like a kid with an imaginary friend I really was looking forward to Night Swim, and I saw a screening of it, and I was just like, this is fine, I oh, guess. Oh, no, is it not good? Not uh. really. You know, it's just another dad making a bad, making bad bad choices. Well, I'll, well I will probably be risk. triggered by that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there, yeah, there's there's child stuff, but, like, not too much. Okay. Let's see. What else? There's Lisa Frankenstein that's coming out that I'm I'm kind of excited for the first Omen. I don't have high expectations, and I've only seen the remake of the original Omen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This could just be interesting. So yeah, I, I feel like almost every time there is, it, like we have we have this one movie that's really good, and like how many places can you take the Omen, right? Yeah, but it's but it's a franchise now, you know, because we decided <laughs> it is and. I yeah the, usually they just aren't good like the I, I mean I liked the new exorcist movie just fine but that could have been any other exorcist movie or exorcism yeah. movie yeah. so you know yeah that was that was a letdown a quiet place day one is coming out so I'm looking forward to that oh fun I do enjoy those movies yeah yeah and then well trap is coming out it's M. Night Shyamalan's next movie oh. which I think it's supposed to be about like people are trapped inside a concert venue and being picked off, which I'm not super into that concept right now. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a little bit too soon, but whatever. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smile Two is coming out as well. Oh, great! Talk about yeah. a success story. That I mean, yeah. that director getting a, you know, getting not not just a budget for that movie, but yeah. it being like a massive success and super profitable. That's awesome. Yeah, and then you know we got Terrifier three, so which I know we'll both be excited about. <laughs> well, it is Christmas themed, and I do love Christmas themed horror. So yeah. maybe, maybe that'll be the one. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what was your favorite Christmas themed horror movie that you watched this year? I well, I did like It's a Wonderful Knife quite a bit, but yeah. probably. So I, I know it doesn't count, but I love Thanksgiving. So nice. there's not a, <laughs> there's not a lot of Thanksgiving themed horror movies, but that yeah. is like. That is the Thanksgiving horror movie until someone knocks it down. So I, I thought it was great. I think it's great that Eli Roth is kind of like maturing as a filmmaker, you know, like he, yeah. he usually I always thought of him as kind of like like a like a frat bro filmmaker where a lot of the a lot of his humor, his like dark humor yeah. is kind of juvenile. But mm -hmm. it was totally this is a very adult movie. And I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. This is definitely like several notches up in quality from like Hostel or Cabin Fever. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? Yeah, no, I so I actually tend to take it 
take it a little easy on horror movies. I forgive a lot, but one of my favorite movies is The Collection, which is a sequel to The Collector, which was kind of like an indie breakout hit. A lot of people didn't seem to like it, but... You know, going back to I love when you can infuse action and thriller with the horror genre. That's that's basically aliens, except with a slasher killer. And it's it's awesome. And there's like a fight scene at the end where you have like it's it's just a brawl between the main character and the slasher. And like, how many times do you get to see that? So, yeah, I think that that movie is so awesome. And I wish more people liked it. <laughs> I've never seen any of them. I hear they're kind of like Saw. The the first one is a little more it is a little more saw, but the second one, I'd say it focuses a lot less on like traps and torture and whatnot, because the first one I actually don't like very much because it does have a lot of torture scenes. But the second one, it has a lot of characters doing really smart things. You know, they just happen to be trapped inside the lair of a, of a psychopath. So it's awesome. We can all relate to that. Right. Well, I hope not. <laughs> If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Oh, man, that's such a good question. What would it be? What would it be? You know, I would like to remake. I'd like to remake Halloween. So I know Halloween has been remade and it has been rebooted and sequelized. But I think that movie, if you just did like a like a psycho style remake of it and just you know, the first one is so lo-fi, right? And I think it's great for all of those reasons. You basically have like two sound cues and we're just going to play them over and over and over again, mm -hmm. right? And there's such a charm in watching that, but I think it would be so cool to make. I mean, the 2018 one basically is a remake of that movie. I would probably remake Halloween because <clears throat> there, there are some, the, the edges aren't super sharp in that movie. I would say there's, it's it's very lo-fi and i think if it were made at a different time given like a really big budget using like modern equipment and stuff i think there's a lot you could do with that but i you know i love that movie so i'm not inviting anybody to actually do it so i am i think that movie's boring come, come at you me. do i, I talk to a lot of people who think that movie's boring and that's why like i don't i don't know if i like it or if i just find comfort in the charm yeah. of it you know it's like the halloween movie so yeah i prefer 2018 or even rob zombies halloween i i would actually say 2018 is my favorite in the franchise nice <laughs> so my final question is if you could go back in time and see one horror movie on a big screen with an audience which one would it be the Exorcist, 100%, because, you know, it, you hear about stories from that time when it came out where people were like vomiting in the theater and, you know, and crying and screaming. And my my mom said she went with her mom to see it when it came out, which is really funny because my grandmother was super religious. So, like, why would you go to see this movie? <laughs> But they had to walk out. I think my mom was like 13 at the time. So that's like, that's a lot for, for 13 year old eyeballs to see. And, uh, you know, there's so much in that movie that had not been done just yet, especially with, you know, a very small child doing and saying very disturbing things. So I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when people during that time saw it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm mostly on Instagram. I, I tried like TikTok and threads and, and stuff, but you know, 
I'm not super good on that. So on Instagram, I'm at WowKrites. And if you say it the right way, it, it actually sounds less funny than it is. Um, and you can find my website at www.madaxmedia.com. So you can stay up to date with all of the projects we're working on. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. That's where you can find me. Awesome. I'll put links to all those in the show notes below. Thank you again for your time. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joey Powell and thanks again to Joey for coming on. I'll leave links to where you can find him and buy his book in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Who's There PC. Don't forget to check out our Patreon for just $3 a month. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at who's there PC at gmail.com. And also join our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Until next time, stay scary and never ask who's there.